This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night, it's half past six, um, and you, so it can only be one thing, obviously, it's the Fight Disciples show. Now, my voice may sound familiar, but uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Cattrall, is uh, sunning himself on the Costas this week, having a fine old time. What always happens when Adam goes to the Costas, as anyone who listens to the show regularly will know, the sun comes out in shiny Liverpool, so we've been blessed with the fantastic weather. Let's hope that it's uh, raining cats and dogs over in Spain at the moment while Adam sneaks away. But the great thing is, I am not flying solo. I am with the one and only Mr. Tony Moran. How you doing, Nick? Oh, great, mate. How's things, buddy? You looking? It's good to be back, thank you. Yeah, you're looking extremely well, sir. <laughs> like Big smile fine, on your face. Like a fine wine I am. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Tony in the studio because obviously anyone that knows anything about Merseyside Fight Sports will know that the main man himself, Dare to Dream, is dreaming again and there's talk of a comeback in the books. We will get onto that. We will get onto that later in the show, so I want to know all about it. I also want to get your take on Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. It's got the world divided. You're probably better placed than anyone because you've been competitive in May, you've been competitive in boxing, you've trained both, you've trained with the best in the world in both, and in some cases faced them as well. You've also got the karate back. Listen, you're the man as far as I'm concerned that's going to have a view on this. I've got a feeling we might have different views, <laughs> but we'll get to that later in the show as well. Okay, before we get there... This first part, I just want to look back on what was a mad weekend for Merseyside Fight Sports because we had uh, a show up in Blackpool, which had three Scousers on it. We had a show also on Saturday night at Wembley Arena, live on ITV, pay-per-view, which featured our own Robbie Davis. And then on Sunday night, where I was up in Glasgow, we had Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts competing in the UFC. We had a mixed results, some great results, but obviously one negative result, which we'll come on to. But first and foremost... Uh, Ryan Mulcahy won the Central Area title up in Blackpool. Uh, a great performance. JJ Metcalf featured on that card as well with a first round blowout. And we also had Tom Farrell coming back on that card after his uh, after his war with uh, with Caruso last time out. Another good win for him. He moves to thirteen and zero. JJ moves to sixteen and zero. And Ryan Mulcahy moves to nine and zero. I think most of those guys train out of No Limits Gym as well, don't they? Too? Yeah, so a massive gym. weekend for No Limits. Danny and the boys are doing yeah, terrific work, done a down great there. work down there. Danny's background as well, before we come on to those specific wins. Didn't Danny come from an MMA win? Yeah, he was at Next Gen. He was yeah. a fighter at Next Gen, yeah. And so, then he became one of the trainers, and then he developed his No Limits to an extraordinary level. It's unbelievable how far that gym's gone, because yeah. now it's one of, you know, you'd, you'd said certainly one of the most busiest boxing gyms on Merseyside, but yeah. it's probably one of the most busiest boxing gyms in the country. Got good credentials, Danny. Very yeah. Good. There's a lot of good coaches. I know um, a few of the coaches that train down there. You know, he's not alone. He's got a good team around him. I don't know him, the but other coaches down there, who are they? Yeah, I think he's got, um, what's his name, hasn't he? Lewis Kempster's down there, the okay. former university's champ. I know Lewis coaches down there too. And But I think he's just got a good mix of young, hungry pros coming mm-hmm. through. And from what I hear, the atmosphere down there is, is great. Have you been down to New Limits yet? Or no, I haven't been. Well, I was in the old 5 one I went down there, but I haven't seen the new gym. Yeah, terrific win there, obviously, for Ryan Mulcahy. Watch Central Area title belts. Personal opinion, I love him. I love him. I don't know how you feel, Tom, what you think about... Cent- I'm a traditionalist, you see. I, I like to see a guy go, Central Area, English, British, Commonwealth, European, world level. Because, listen, if you're not the cock of your own city, how can you be cock of the world? That's kind of my opinion on it. Yeah, that's a good reason. I fought for the Central Area, but I fought for mine after I fought for the British and Commonwealth. But 
either way. But I do agree with what you, with the way you you would juice it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the most fundamental way of doing it as a boxer. Yeah, build the pedigrees at amateur and then do it properly as a pro. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, another big win there, of course, as I just mentioned. Um, JJ Metcalf. Now, this is a kid that I'm getting seriously excited about. Um, have you have you been in the gym with him at all? Have you seen him fight? I've seen him pa- privately with his dad. Yeah, I'm good mate with Shay, and he's um, obviously he's a chip off the old block, as they say. Yeah. And uh, I think he's got a very, very bright future ahead of him. Yeah, just watching him fight, what I love about it is because, you know, when I first got into the game, when I first started biting boxing for the Liverpool Echo, well, for the Mersey Mar first and then the Liverpool Echo, it was, you know, that was like the prime of, of Jimmy's career, the yeah. prime of Shea's career. So I would get a bus to Kirby Sports Centre and sit there waiting and Judas Clotty would always come out and say hello first because he was the nicest fella in the world, Judas. And then Shea would come out and just kind of give you the dirty look as if to say, what are you doing here? But that was just the way he was. That was just his persona. And then Judas would be like, don't worry, you'll get five minutes with him. Don't worry, don't worry. And then obviously he'd be good as gold once he'd finished his training. But just watching young JJ move and train, obviously uh, he's at Derry's gym now with Georgie Vaughan and everything. But it's like a flashback to, you know, 10, 15, well, 15 years ago for me. It's in the genes, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. It's packed, carried on without a shadow of a doubt. The, um, it, it must have been... Tough because obviously Shea was he was ITV boxing, you know, he was Merseyside boxing for so long. And to see his son come through now to pass on that torch, and listen, there's probably no prouder dad in the entire city, but for someone like him, you know, it's slightly different from say Paul Smith Senior, who never boxed, to see his four sons go on and achieve incredible things. But to be a fighter yourself and then see your son follow because Shane knows how hard it is. You know, nobody worked hard and shit. He was a monk. You know, Shane nearly used to lock himself up in a flat in Kenny and trained like a monster. You know, that was just the way he was. And he's obviously putting that onto JJ now. But to see his own son coming through, what what's your thoughts? Obviously, you're a new dad again, a, a baby son right now. W- would you like him to get into fight sports? Would you encourage him? With regards, my children, my daughters actually want to follow in my footsteps, funny enough. My son, my son who's five, and I've got a newborn son. Yeah. Who's six months, but... Um, it's the girls who are more attracted to the fight sports, and I tell you what, they can motor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the in the karate, in the in the MMA, and in the boxing, I've taught them all. Brilliant. I've taught them a bit of everything, I should say. Been yeah. in the gym with me all the time. Brilliant. So, uh, but I pass it on that way, and I pass it on just by letting them observe and seeing if they take to it themselves. But if they wanted to, yeah, by by all stuff. I mean, amateur boxing for girls, I love it. Yeah. And I've coached quite a few girls, and I've sent them off because I do private coaching. So what I'll do, I'll, I'll build the confidence, build the skill set, and then I'll direct them towards maybe the Detonda, the Solly, one of the one of the, the great gyms in the city. Yeah. And then there's a lot of them who are really, really doing well. Just on female fight sports, for, for me, obviously, in my life, in our lifetime, they've never been as popular as they are now, you know? The, the amateur game, is, it's got pedigree, it's got, yeah. it's got substance, it's got structure. Yeah. You haven't got that in MMA, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, there's no you, amateur no, structure. You got, you got, you got the I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to dis. Um, it's brand new, is what you're saying. No, but there's no, there's no body to structure it. Of course, it's, it's you know, it's, it's structured by the gyms and by the organisations where, where people are trying to make a profit from it. Whereas yeah. the amateur game of boxing, it's 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 solid. Yeah, it's deep rooted. Yeah, I think the benefit there, obviously, is that boxing started as an amateur pursuit, if you like. It was a Corinthian sport, like everything before the Lord Lonsdale rules came in, and it it grew, it grew organically. Whereas mixed martial arts is a sport completely different because no one knew about it, and then we had the UFC. It so is, it's, it it's growing it backwards, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's growing That's backwards. A good way so of it, would you um, 
Would you inco- so that that would be the way you would want the kids to go? Would be to amateur boxing first, or obviously your background traditionally was karate. Yeah, was it more arts. martial arts first, or are you gonna whatever they enjoy? It depends on what the individual enjoys, doesn't it? I mean, I know a lot of people enjoy Thai boxing. Now, the rewards for the brutality of Thai boxing, what it does to your body and, and how tough the fights are. But in terms of reward from it, you've got to love it. Yeah. You've got to be passionate about it. If you're not passionate about it, it's it's a it's a it's a hard sport for a little reward, as I say. But boxing, there's a proper structure. Yeah. You can see the world as an amateur, and you can you can enjoy you can enjoy a bright future if you're doing well. Uh- like, like young Peter McGrail now. Yeah. So obviously Phenomenal. I know his dad, I know his family and stuff. And he's... So by the time he turns pro, he could always be on the way to, to earning a lot of money. So if you build that pedigree as an amateur, which I didn't do, that was, yeah. that was my that was my era as a boxer, I suppose. You've got to build that pedigree as an amateur. If you don't, you just get overlooked and it's just a hard road yeah. as a pro. I'd encourage anyone if they're going to box, they've got to, they've got to do the amateur race. And I do that with a lot of my clients. Now we want to take it serious. Yeah. But I just direct them towards the amateur clubs because I'm not an amateur coach. Of course. Well, the amateur, you know, the fundamentals you get taught at an amateur club uh, are paramount, really. You know, stuff like footwork and a good jab. That's either got to be learned in the first couple of years or yeah. it's next to impossible to learn it later in life. It takes 10 times the amount of effort to learn these fundamentals if you don't learn them early on, especially when you're young, coming through. I, I sort of agree, but I, I've always got this um, this thought in me because of, because of my own sort of journey. But until the right attributes meet the right coach, the magic will never happen. Yeah, and and I believe by the people I work with now and all all what I've learned from Fran Arden, yeah. my boxing coach when I, when I was forty, he taught he taught me correctly. He taught me with depth and with and with substance. And uh, I'm able to pass that element of my combat career on now. In bo- only in the boxing element. Yeah. Um, but but it's when when you get it when you get it right as a coach you can get it you know the at, when the attributes come through your door you can you can work one you can nail it yeah just one coach that had a that had a tough weekend then because he had to make a a decision that obviously no co- no coach wants to make certainly with an undefeated prospect Robbie Davis Jr. fought Saturday night on the ITV bill card on the the Chris Eubank pay per view event obviously Robbie was making the latest events of his uh, his intercontinental title uh, unfortunately that. The, the WBA belt slipped through his fingers. He, he lost against the Polish kid. A stoppage late in the twelfth round after he was, you know, ahead on certainly on Mike's scorecard and I think on the judges' scorecards as well. Joe Tonks had to make the ultimate decision. Um, for someone like Joe, obviously, you know, you're like me. You know Joe Tonks. We know yeah. we know the man. Um, as from a coaching perspective, is that often the, the toughest decision to make? As and when, certainly when your fighters up as well. I've never coached the fighter to a professional fight, so I wouldn't be able to give a, a, a realistic opinion from my my perspective. But I know Joe. I know he's a very caring individual and a very good man. And uh, it, w- it would it would have been tougher, I imagine. Yeah, I've met Robbie a few times in the gyms that I've trained in, and I've I didn't see the fight, but I know I know his credentials. I know the high credentials, so I imagine it was a very tough decision. But when you when you're the care of man, I think and and Joe's a very experienced coach. Yeah, he would have done that with with, with real understanding. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I, I think that you know, I was surprised referee Steve Gray continued the fight. You know, I know, I know Robbie was ahead on the cards, and maybe that's what the referee had in mind because mm. because he was hurt, Robbie. You know, it, yeah. it, it was a, it would have been a good stoppage, a safe stoppage, but I think he tried to give him the benefit of the doubt to go. The seconds left on the clock, really, and you're you're going to win this fight if you don't get mixed up. Um, for me, you know, it's probably a little bit of uh, 
lack of experience, if you like, on, on Robbie's behalf. I think he went to he went to war in the last couple of rounds when he was ahead. He probably should have danced a little bit. This loss, this is his, his first loss on his pro record, his first loss in 16 fights, Tony. There's, listen, from someone that's competed in boxing and MMA, does boxing still put much, too much emphasis on this? Oh, is you know now that monkey's off his back, will that do Robbie Davis a favour? Do you think? Sadly, I think MMA's following suit in, in that respect. You know, it's going this, the other way. Uh, yeah, you should be able to just you know it was it, like any other sport. You could have you could have a win, you could have lost. Boxing was the only sport where you could never lose, or you just be discredited immediately, and you were all your career was over, you were finished. And there was that element of the boxing that I, I always found distasteful, but. No, do you know what? It's it's down to the individual. It's down to the it's down to the, the combatant. You got to just be able to ignore that aspect of it. Realize what you know and accept what 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 they're involved in. Mm-hmm. And just just put it to, put it to bed and carry on. Yeah. His talent hasn't gone anywhere. Of course, it's, everything about him is is not diminished unless he allows it to affect his his mindset. And I've I've met Robbie. Don't know him well, but um, he looks like a strong character, a stoic a stoic lad. Yeah. So he's got his his um his mind in a good place so that's what I say to all young fighters it is what it is accept it yeah. if it happens it happens you know fight I've seen fighters knocked out in the gym never recover never mind on on the national television or mm-hmm. you know in, in public but you got to just you got to just accept it as part of what you did yeah he was my prospect of the year for 2017 and you know, this is how bad trolls can be on the internet. People start to give him me stick and saying, oh, I can't believe you picked him as your prospect of the year. Listen, I can 100% stand behind that decision. And anyone that's got that kind of opinion, one, the, 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 the trolls bear my head out. I don't know how you feel. But <laughs> for one, most of these trolls have never even been to a live event. Never mind put a pair of gloves on and actually got into a ring and done any sparring or done any training. So it, it's frustrating from that point of view because if they're directing it, me, I can only imagine they were directing it at Robbie as well. But you're right, he's a strong character. He'll come back. I think more than anything, you know, thankfully, they checked him out to hospital. He's fine. I think more than anything, it's his pride, isn't it, that's going to be damaged right now rather than anything yeah, else. Yeah, when you're a younger man and you're a fighter, there's, there's, there's a lot of pride and, e- and ego. And I don't mean ego in, a, in, a, in an arrogant sense. We've all, we've all got egos, but your ego and your pride can take a knock. So, again... It's about knowing yourself. It's about feeling strong within yourself to overcome that because it's it's just a matter. It's just part and parcel of the sport. And if you can't accept that, maybe you shouldn't. And I'm not sort of directing this to Robbie. I'm just directing this to anyone that involves themselves in combat sports. That's I speak to everyone I coach about the emotional aspect of it. Yeah. First and foremost, when you walk through the door, if you pride in your pocket, leave your ego at the door. Accept you're in the sport and a very tough one. Yeah. And things may occur, but accept it. Do you think? Do you think, in some ways, that's where boxing and boxers, in particular, may struggle compared to mixed martial artists? Because if you go and watch a boxer train, a, a good boxer who's on point that day, who's, 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 who's in form, he's up for it. You can watch him spar, and he'll do his day's sparring. He'll look great on the mitts. He'll have a couple of sparring partners. He'll do some sparring. He'll look phenomenal, and he'll go home and think, I was the peacock in the gym today." But if you go and watch a mixed martial artist train. They'll tap out half a dozen times in the first hour. Then they'll put through the ringer over here. Then they're doing this. That because of the different elements of the sport, I think are you kind of used to not having your own way all day? Maybe I'll tell you what it is. It's it's say say you're a BJJ specialist. You would take a submission as hard as someone who's a stand up specialist mm-hmm. getting knocked out. Right to the point. But let's get to the core of it. Right, every fighter fears the knockout. Yeah, because. 
so much is attached to getting knocked out. Your credibility, your, your machismo, your manliness. So at the core of all combat for me is that when a fighter gets knocked out, that's what that will cause him the most pain emotionally yeah. and mentally. But again, it's been something that's being manufactured to and we live in a tough city where that's that can that can undermine you in a sense. In other people's eyes. It doesn't have to be in your own eyes, but again it depends on what type of character and what you what you're being grown up believing and yeah. what's what's what your influence are and the people around you and but I think at the core of it, it's that. I think if a fighter gets beat on points or just has a bad night, he can accept that. When he gets stopped, it's, it, can be emotion, it can be an emotional roller coaster. Look at Enzo Machinelli, never mm-hmm. forget that. When yeah. David A stopped him, he just went on a major People decline. said that was a 50-50 fight going in. Yeah, that was, but but the points... Are, I remember, I was in yours watching it. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's that. right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but what, what, what hit home to me was that Overnight, all that talent, all that ability, all that fit, and that same with Endo, he's, he's credible, really credible champion. Yeah, and it's just it, 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 something in inside them was lost after that after that defeat. Yeah, and, and I've seen him with other fighters, seen it in the gym. It's tough to come back from. Obviously, I remember most famously Derry Matthews. I think Derry lost three, got knocked out three times in a spin, and he retired the first time he retired, and then. He had to go away, and he and he didn't actually see a sports psychologist, but he had to sit down with himself. He sat down with his coaches. He spoke about it, and he to have the strength of mind, and that's why mm-hmm. I will always argue that Denny Matthews was one of the greatest boxers I this agree, city's ever produced. He's a warrior, ever produced warrior. Because the roller coaster his career went on. Look at like we, we talked about Shane Neary. Shane Neary was one of the greatest the city's ever produced. But when it got to the point when Shane Neary lost some fights psychologically, he wasn't able to come back from that. Denny Matthews was at the bottom. And came back, retired, and came back and rebuilt and regrouped himself, and that was just phenomenal. We'll carry on talking about this definitely when we come back from the break. Brings us perfectly on to Danny Roberts in the UFC. Danny obviously got knocked out in the last year. He came back on Sunday night, scored a big knockout for himself. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Conor McGregor against Floyd Mayweather as well when we come back from the break. This is the fight. Tony wants to. Can I make one more point though? Yeah, of course. You talk about Daddy. Yeah, and boxing. Lee Chadwick and MMA, exactly the same. Per- ex- perfect. Exactly the same. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You'll listen to the Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to the Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm your host, Nick Pete. Joining me in the studio is the one and only Tony Moran. Now, if you missed the first part of the show, where have you been, man? We've been talking about the weekend. We've been recapping all the boxing action. But we're going to take a little step now towards Planet MMA and uh, quickly address the fact that Danny Roberts, Liverpool's own, came back uh, in Sunday in Glasgow. I was up there, UFC Fight Night Glasgow. Now, this is a guy, brings perfectly from the first part of the show. This is a guy that in October last year, Tony, got stopped by Mike Perry in an absolute war in Manchester. Got stopped late in the third round. The fight was swinging. I think both of them were on the floor. It was like a rock'em, sock'em, robots job. But Danny got stopped right at the end. I think the referee stopped it with literally seconds on the clock. Now, he's had to go away. He's had to regroup. He's had to get his head around that. Psychologically, to come back and compete again on Sunday night, that's a journey, isn't it? You've got to go on a journey to come back. It's not a fitness thing. It's a psychological thing. Yeah, it's the measure of the man, and he's proven his measure, in my opinion. Phenomenal. to the, the, His performance at the weekend, as I say, uh, you know, I was up there. Bobby Nash, to you, Bobby Nash's name is a, a former college wrestler. He had his way with Danny a little bit in the first round. Got a couple of couple of takedowns, and that often sways the judges, even though Danny had some good boxing. But then Danny catches him with a peach of a, of a left hook uh, with a minute to go on the clock. 
Nasty was knocked out before his head even hit the canvas. I stays away. I was like, 50 Gs. That's got to be a 50 G bonus for Danny Roberts. Unfortunately, he didn't get the bonus. I was more devastated than him, to be fair. But, you know, I spoke to him afterwards, Tony. And to be honest, 50, 50 grand bonuses. I'd have been, as I said, I'd have been devastated not getting the bonus. But he, he didn't seem bothered. For him, he, his journey was complete. Yeah. He, he came back, he got the knockout, and for, can he move forward now? Is that of what course, it is? Of course, of course he can, yeah. yeah. Psychologically, he's, he's, he's got rid of the demon, hasn't he? Even if he had a, had a demon, I mean, I know Danny, but I don't know him well enough to comment on what his, his mind process is, but definitely, definitely when you, you know, when you get beat, you'd have to face a few demons to come back. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. And it's, again, it's the measure of the man. It's how, it's how deep you go inside and how... How dig you deep inside yourself? Yeah. Now, J- Danny himself, so, you know, he's a he's a lad that's been on a journey. He originally, uh, I think, he was born in London. Uh, moved to Bristol when he was a kid. Uh, Tim Pro in Bristol was actually a pro boxer. Had a couple of pro fights. I think he had three. I think he was one and two or two and one. Uh, moved up to Liverpool to train boxing with Chris Faith. Ended up stumbling into Paul Brimmer's jiu-jitsu uh. classes. Then he trains out of next gen. Then he ditches boxing and turns pro as a, a mixed martial artist gets into the UFC, but now, like so many British fighters, you know, he, he's going over to, to Florida to do his camps. Now, Tony, obviously, you've competed MMA for a long time. You've trained all over the world. Do British fighters still need to go to America, in your mind, to make it in the UFC? I personally think that it's a, it's a glitz and glamour thing because the, the, the credibility of James in Liverpool alone, never mind the UK, but... I don't personally think you need to travel, so, but it's up to you. If that, if that what makes that's what makes the fighter feel more successful and they're going to do better, then it's, not, it's their choice, isn't it? Yeah. But I personally, on that just on that particular note, no, I think you know, there's there's there's, there's amazing coaches and gyms in Liverpool where you could you could reach any level. Yeah. But maybe some people like to escape the Liverpool sort of distractions. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. a, a lot of distractions in Liverpool for fighters. Yeah, well, I know that was clearly the case with Darren Till. Darren Till was based out of, of Carlborn. You know, when Darren was an amateur coming through, he had plenty of distractions, as we know, and Colin Heddon literally just put him on a plane, sent him to Brazil. Have you read the article I wrote about Darren? About Darren, yeah, Darren yeah. Till living the dream, if you want to type it into Google, and yeah. you read the article I wrote on him, it's, it's, it's a good one. It's, a, it's, it's one that probably, most people probably won't know, the depth of the of the story. Yeah. And it's a deep story. Because psychologically, in Liverpool, he was you know he was in a bad way, wasn't he? He was all over the place, he was mixing with the wrong crowd. Do you know what happened to him? Good, to, to let us know, T- tell a story. Okay. The nightclubs I work on, I'm one of them won't name it, but he got stabbed and he nearly died. It was only down to one of our security team that he didn't. He plugged his wounds with his fingers. So, you know, anyone who wants to diss Dorman, there you go. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, I've seen that, and I see that quite a lot as, he, as, as we interact and stuff. And he, he was very he was very complimentary about the article. He really, he really loved the article I wrote about him. Because I like to do articles that have got a bit of depth. Yeah. You know, well, we're talking off air then. You did a piece you've done on Lee Chadwick as I've well. Done tons of depth. Yeah, yeah. A few people, yeah. People who have respect and and fighters, fighters alike. People yeah. who are humble, but like you get in there and you just and, and, and you do the job. So and Darren's one of them, and I, I think he can go. I think he can go far in the UFC. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so I think he's great, a... he got amazing talent. I mean, he had amazing talent as a tie boxer. That was his. Um, that was his initial sport. But again, you know, Colin packed him off to Brazil, obviously to escape. What was going on here, largely, but also I'm sure with an element that he would be thrown into a luta livre world, a jiu-jitsu world over in Brazil, that it, that would become his number one thing. Create a new life for himself, mm-hmm. and they know that know the the most 
beautiful moment. I seen when he fought on the UFC in Rio de Janeiro, and the interpreter standing there yeah. waiting for him to to speak Scouts. He spoke fluent Portuguese. My blowing, emotional. I uh, yeah, we did a we did a thing. We had Darren in the studio <clears throat> just a couple of weeks ago, actually, and uh, he was brilliant. And he was teaching me and Adam how to speak Portuguese, obviously. <laughs> and then a couple of days after, a mate of mine who's who's the producer at LFC TV messaged me and was like, oh, the fixtures are coming out for the Premier League season. Will you come on and bring a couple of fighters? And I said, well, I've just been with Darren Till. Darren Till will come in with me, definitely. So we went in and they were they were absolutely blown away that this scally scouser, if you like, with with, scratch, with blood all over his knuckles, <laughs> one way to describe him, is absolutely fluent in Portuguese. And LFC TV actually struggled to get good interviews with their Brazilian players. So now they're talking about getting Darren in to help do something with Coutinho and Firmino. And, and obviously Darren's like, oh, absolutely not a problem. And he was laughing at the fact that the entire city, apparently you don't even pronounce it, Firmino. It, there's a completely different pronunciation when you go over to Brazil anyway. And he was kind of laughing at the fact that the LFC TV were even pronouncing the guy's name wrong. So that's definitely one to look out for in the future. But again... Just on that point, though, Danny, you know, he's obviously going over to Florida. He's working with what used to be the Black Zillions team. It's now Henry Hoof's fight team out of Baca Raton or whatever they are. And, you know, speaking to him, I, th- I think you're right. You know, he loves coming home he, he, and he appreciates what this city have done for him. And, and like, you know, he's, he's home now. He's, he, he's back in the city. He said he was, he only goes away for his camps. But I think the fact that he goes on his camps and he's training with Usman and he's training with Michael Johnson every day and he's sparring with these people and he's on pads with Henry Hoof, but uh, Rumble Johnson's on pads next to him. I think psychologically that does something, you know, and is that really, just see stuff in that? You've, you Listen, you've trained with Rampage, you've trained well, exactly all over the world. exactly what I was going to say then, you beat me to it, so Rampage left America to come to witness. Now, yeah. for what reason? Because maybe, it's a, as you said, it's a distraction from the normality of where they live and the people that they know and the, the back slapping and you come and party and then all yeah. that nonsense, you know what I mean? Which can leave fighters to stay. I've seen it many, many times. Yeah. So maybe Danny's made the right choice in doing that. Well, that's I it. don't know. I don't know that fits with you know his background and and his coach is there. That's not for me to say. But uh, but you know another good friend of mine, Chris and this Paddy, both at next gen. Yeah. And they're both you know they're both flying. Aren't they and just? Paul, what Paul Dem has done in terms of like taking these young lads from from virtual. Nothing in combat. I don't mm-hmm. think they, I don't think they they done anything in combat before they started. No. May. Well, Paddy started there when he was still at school. Yeah. So Paul's built him from the ground up. And Chris Fishgold. Yeah, yeah. He's done amazing jobs with, that. and that's what's why we'll talk about what my comeback's about later. Yeah, and the reasons yeah. For it. And this is you know just just on the subject of of Paddy and Chris actually. You know, it, it's great that we've got Darren in the UFC and we've got uh, Danny Danny Roberts in the UFC. And, you know, there's other guys in and around the city doing really well. Jack McGann is another kid oh, that I've yeah. got. Amazing. I think has got tons of potential in this sport, in mixed martial arts. But what Paddy's doing especially, you know, no one in the way. Like, I, I talked about this and I wrote a column about it before I left Fighters Only magazine. But what Paddy does in Liverpool, no one in the world's doing that, you know. No one in the world at his age is selling out 8,000 seats in their hometown and generating the kind of people that he generates. Like, I was at UFC Glasgow at the weekend. Atmosphere was off the chain. One of the greatest atmospheres I've been at at a live event ever. And that's 18 years of fight with journalism. But it was incredible. But it was your standard fight 
fair, you know, it was it was pockets of fellas drinking beer, you know, or out for the night. It was bank holiday weekend in Scotland, so they were all up for it, everything else. And every you know, I've spent eighteen years going around the world watching fights, and it generally is the same type of thing. It's males aged twenty five to forty, but you know, the same demographic. When you watch Paddy the Baddy at the Echo Arena selling eight thousand tickets to a demographic that's about age between fourteen and twenty one. That's when you've got to think something a bit special is going on here. Something it's different's going on. Is special. He is what he is. He's, he's, genu- he's a genuine article when it comes to his personality and his, and his fight ability. But he's got the sale ability as well as the fight ability. Yeah. And I, do, I did the security at the Echo when he won his title. So I was doing like the in accordance security, running it for my security company who I work for. And he's like one of the Beatles walking around. It's crazy. Fight. Before his fight though, yeah. the kids were loving him. It's crazy. People were loving him. Listen, that brings us, you know what, that's perfectly brought us on to the subject I really want to talk to you about. And we're talking about personalities and performances and the generate the ability to generate money and bums on seats and global fan base and everything else. And Paddy's on his way there, but one guy that is there, that is there now, and in my opinion, has rightfully got an opportunity of a lifetime is Conor McGregor with this fight against Floyd Mayweather. Now, listen, don't laugh at me. Let, let's not start breaking this down as a boxing match. Okay. Let's try and put to the back of your mind that at the end of it, there's going to be a boxing match. Let's just talk about now, about the whole circus as a situation and what your thoughts are on this. It's a spectacle, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah. Um, mixed thought because as fighters, you can't but, but respect them. Mm-hmm. For their abilities, just the two, you know, the two amazing fighters in their own rights, but in different sports, in my opinion. Anyone who competes as a striker in any sport would fancy the chances with another striker. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, a bit delusional, I don't know, because I do believe Conor McGregor is going to go in there believing he can win. I yeah. But I don't believe that he doesn't think that. I don't agree with it because I don't believe that the crossover should should happen so 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 flawlessly. Yeah, but it's happened before when James Tony fought him. Um, yeah, I'm Randy Couture, Randy Couture in Toronto. Yeah, but it could damage boxing. But then potentially just on that Randy Couture though, be, because the difference here is that James Tony went into a world that he knew he knew how to box, but he's gone into mixed martial arts, which is an amalgamation of say seven or eight fight sports and yeah. martial arts. He knew one element. The difference here, of course, is that Conor McGregor's going into one element that he trains in. He yeah, trains to box. Of course. So one of one of the things that he trains is boxing. So it's slightly different because James. If listen, if Mayweather was fighting Conor now, uh, was and it was mixed martial arts, it was going to be in an octagon, exactly like James Tony. It lasts less than sixty seconds. He takes him down. He grounds him pounds, or he submits him. End of story. This is slightly different in regards that this is just a boxing match, and Conor does box. He does, but we know the level, we know level. we know the levels involved in this. But I was speaking to someone about this the other day. I believe Conor McGregor is going to do stuff in a boxing thing that's never been seen before. That was what I keep saying. I, I think the stuff he does with a guy called Idol Portal, which is like movement spec, mm-hmm. so flexible and fluent. He knows he can't go in him and beef Floyd Mayweather as a boxer. He, yeah. he can't go in Queen's very style. And, no and chance. Beat I think he's going to be doing some very unusual stuff in there. Yeah, and who knows. Based on that, because because here's, here's one of my things as a coach is until you've got a representation in your brain of something that someone's going to do to you. So for instance, I have a, if I have a spar with someone who's only ever done boxing mm-hmm. and I want to land a head kick, I can land that all day long. Yeah, because they've never seen that. Their brain's got no recognition yeah. of a kick coming. 
course. And where it's coming from. Now, who knows what can happen in there in terms of if if he's got. And I believe Conor McGregor's a, a very deep thinking dude. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's like, um, I think he's gonna have some some side, but he's gonna have a plan up his sleeve. Down his glove, whatever you want to say, but it's there's going to be something unusual going on in that ring. I yeah, think. yeah, I really do. I completely agree, and uh, you know this is why I'm getting excited about it, and I refuse to rule it out. And listen, I, I know the argument. It seems to be to me as well that I don't know if you find the same. It, it seems to be that people who are involved in mixed martial arts and fans of mixed martial arts and certainly mixed martial artists a lot more um, happy about it happening and a lot more welcoming to it than people who are purely in boxing. Certainly boxers. Like, I know a lot of boxers on my social media that I've, I've, I've messaged them and gone, like, why are you so upset that this is happening? Like, really vitriol, like, really hating Conor McGregor. I'm like, why, why are you upset? If it's going to be a mismatch, it's going to be a mismatch. It doesn't really matter. I don't understand. Why does it hurt boxing, then, you think? If he wins? It, it, would, it would damage boxing, I think. If Conor won? I'd, yeah, I do. I do believe that because even though Conor McGregor's a fighter and a very, a very special one, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, because it's... if he wins, you do realise that if he wins, he's the greatest fighter that's ever lived in my. Opinion. But he will never ever go back to UFC anyway because he's earning seventy five million fighting Conor uh, Floyd Mayweather in a boxing ring. So do you think he's going to go back and fight Nate Diaz or Eddie Alvarez for twenty five million, which would be a world record payday for the UFC, or do you think he fights the winner of Canelo versus Triple G? I suppose it's because of, of Mayweather's status as one of the greatest, if not the greatest boxer that's ever lived. Yeah. And his his, his legacy, and that would be ruined. Yeah. Um, Should it be a professional fight? Should it not be an exhibition? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if it should be recorded as a... As a that's as what I mean. It shouldn't a, go on as an official record. That's, that's it's, another it's just argument. A, it's, just a, it's just a very unusual thing that money allows for, doesn't it? Business allows for this to happen because the money that it's generating is so, it's so big that it allows for anything to happen. Yeah. I mean, it allows for this spectacle to say... Like Hulk Hogan when he fought Balboa, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Thunderlips. Thunderlips it's, 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 it's versus Rocky. It's a spectacle for money, yeah. in my opinion. Completely agree. But, you know... I'm not hating on that though. I'm, I'm not, not hating I'm on not it. I'm not hating on it. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's just as a fight fan, it's just that it's unusual. As a fight fan, I agree, but I can understand why people. And I'm not. I'm. I'm a flexible dude. I just. It is what it is. Yeah. Not, I might not even watch it because I'll probably be working. But yeah. Listen, I ain't, ain't going to go it, in there. It is and, what it is. I ain't going to go in there and try and sell it to the Merseyside Ex Boxers Association because you probably get knocked out in about two minutes. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if you're a young guy and if you're if you like fight sports and you yeah, the kids and you are get loving it, it, the kids listen, are loving it. This is the world we live in. Listen, you know, I'm lucky enough because of Fight Disciples and my background that I often go on other people's radio shows and talk about fight sports. So I've been on a couple of sports shows. Last week I did Chris Evans' breakfast show. That should tell everyone how big this is. Yeah. As a, so for me, fight sports wins. Everyone in the planet's yeah. talking about fight sports. Of so course. for me, the 12 rounds at the end of it, that's kind of like the cherry on the cake. It's the journey fight sports is on to get there, back on the spotlight. Everyone in the world is talking about it. This is going to be the biggest one-off sports event in history. Let so, me ask you this, That's why I'm so excited. As a father, and when you look at role models, what do you think about them as role models, Mayweather and McGregor? I think in terms of not the fighting ability, yeah. the, way they, the way they sort of sometimes operate in. Well, it, neither of them have come across well from this Tour obviously because because of because of the language they use and the vitriol and the way they've had to handle themselves. Obviously, Floyd Mayweather as a person isn't a nice person. Look at his background. Exactly. How much how much money do you need and how much do you have to sell your sort of 
your integrity. Yeah. In order to that's the part that I find is I'm an honourable sportsman and I respect it. I'm not saying they're not, but it's just sometimes when you see some of these public displays, you think that's not good role model behaviour. Not for that level. I don't. I don't want my kids looking up to that. No, of course. As, as a waiter, as a you know, you look at the the Robbie Lawlers of this world. Yeah, yeah. And like they're like they're the epitome of a fighter's fighter. Hundred percent. Yeah. And um, just, so there's part of it I find this tasteful because of, because of them elements of, but that's they're my personal opinion. Yeah. So. Well, listen, we're talk, we're going to be talking about fighters, fighters when we come back after the break because we're going to be finding out what's next in the career of the iconic. Tony Moran, you're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Right, let's get down to the meat and gravy of it. I want to know why my honourable guest in the studio with me tonight, Mr Tony Moran, age 44, is making a comeback. And the first question is, which world are we coming back into? Is it the boxing ring? Is it the octagon? Is it the karate mat? <laughs> Where are we going to see you next? The MMA world. Oh, he's back. I'm already, I'm already made the comeback with uh, Paul Rimmer at Next Gen. He's Brilliant. Can, he's kindly took me on. Yeah. I approached Paul yeah, a few weeks ago. It's been in my mind for a while, to be honest with you, because I see Paddy a lot. Uh, Chris Fishko's a good friend. So, obviously, talking to them, we get the full understanding about what Paul's coaching credentials are. And I've, I've witnessed the journey from afar by seeing what he's what he's achieved. He had two of those boys win world titles on the same night. And I was doing ringside security, K-side security. It was, um, it was a sight to behold, you know, to understand that this man had took two kids mm-hmm. um, from teenagers to, to world champions on the same night. It was powerful. It was a powerful, was a powerful and emotional observation yep. to understand that. And um, so that got that got me attention with Paul, and then I approached him and said, "You know, Paul, here's how it is. I've I've won a version of world boxing title. As with the boxing, until I met Fran Arden at forty, yep, I didn't get any fine tuning, didn't get any real understanding of of the of the the technical side of the sport. I've just been a fighter all my life. Thirty years ago, I won my first karate title. Would you believe? Real, and I've done it mostly by trial and error." Even when I was at the Wolves Slayer, I was I was with one of the best teams in the world. But I had the opportunity to go and train with Mario Sukater of of a night, mm-hmm. which is what he's trying to guide me to do. But pride, maybe for the ego at the time, I was I was the I was the number one striker on the match, and I liked that sort of position. Yeah. So I was with the fight team every morning, but I wasn't I wasn't learning the finer elements of grappling. Yeah. And when I was when I was getting beaten, it was always by a high level grappler, high level submission expert. Because when it comes to the, the the title contention times, I didn't have the I didn't have the, the knowledge to defend against uh, certain types of submissions. Yeah, Versi still don't know don't know any submissions now, but I'm a great I'm a I'm a I'm a really good grappler just due to athleticism and tenacity. So I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a tough rider for anyone. Yeah, but when it gets to the fine tuning element, that's where the I thought like I did with the boxing. Yeah, yeah. Until I'm a fan, so I've identified Paul. As the person you can find that game. Now, now if it, the plan is is that I, I see how the body yeah, stands up to the training. I've been doing that for a couple of weeks and it's been standing up fine. Okay. The talent hasn't gone anywhere. The fitness hasn't gone anywhere. Surprising considering I haven't had any competitive spars for nearly a year and a half. So I'm quite proud of myself with the way I've interacted and the way the body's held up. But I put that down to my health. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the health journey I've been on for the past few years. Let's talk about the health journey then, because obviously yourself and you know another another in fact another Liverpool boxer that's done to, you, you had a great career that has now took up making a comeback himself, Joe Ainsco. You know what's this wave of, of of fighters now who are getting to you know a little bit older in their lives, but got to becoming vegan and eating healthy. Like what's what's why what's going on in this city to suddenly make everyone get super health conscious? I'd say I was the, probably the main facilitator in that, in that occurring throughout this like sort of health sort of spread out in the in the sports world because I invited a man called Clive DeCarl. That's right, yeah, yeah. And he's coming to, back to the city, isn't he? Yeah, did you come? No, I, I didn't make it. The baby wasn't well, but I'm definitely going to come to this one. He's back. You've got him coming back to the city, is that he's right? Come back, he's coming back to um, a place called Capuche on the 25th to the 28th of July. So give us a bit of background on Clive DeCarl and who he is and how you got into him first and foremost. If you type in Clive DeCarl, Tony Moran to Google, I give a, a testimonial interview about how basically... He was the catalyst from me, me, me combat career being over to me winning a version of a world title of forty-two. In a, in a, in a, in a, in if you're wondering about the banging, by the way, that's because Tony's filling this. Oh, t- he's sparring on the table here in I'm front of me. Getting, it's getting all excited. excited, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so fitness is not health, and health is not fitness, in my opinion. But if you put the two together, you can become quite abundant. Mm-hmm. And I'm a bit like Benjamin Button at the minute. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm just imparting more of the knowledge I learned from Clive and other great people like him, and and I'm just filling my body with with essential nutrition that's allowing me to sort of reverse the clock. And it's, I'm not making the comeback for any other reason other than I feel like you feel great. Feel Do you feel again. better now at 44 than you did at 24? Shockingly, yeah, it's mad. I've got all that knowledge and all that experience and all that know-how and. So I can just fine tune everything now. Is the stuff you used to do early in your fight career then, like the way you used to make weight or whatever else that you look back on now and you think, I, what was I doing? I, I was just a stupid Spartan. I was just I had, I had no knowledge and I wasn't given any real understanding of how. So when I was fighting for that British Commonwealth, I was I was I was a shadow of myself. I was so I was so drained. Do you know what I mean? I'd done mm. the same in my MMA career because I, I wasn't getting the right advice or the right. The right help. The yeah. Right, the, I wasn't given. It's, it's a process, isn't it? Now, if again, like I, I alluded to earlier, it's all about pedigree. It's all about the right attributes meeting the right coach. Yeah. And that's something that, until late on, hasn't happened for me. But I've never given up. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I'm not making the comeback to 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 prove anything anymore because I've I've got rid of all that aspect of myself. I'm just doing it for me because because yeah, I, yeah. I know I'm capable of it. I know I'm capable of winning an MMA world title. Yeah. And if McGregor doesn't do it, as far as I know, by doing a little search on Google, I don't think anyone's ever won a version of a boxing world title and a version of an MMA world title. No. Now, so there's a bit of history, <clears throat> a bit of history in the making there. And I'm, I'm, I'm you a, like that, don't you? I'm about sort of, I'm about the all the dreamer. That's I'm, what yeah, it is. I'm all about dare to dream. Yeah. I'm about the honourable aspects of it. Combat's given me so much, and I keep banging this table, but I'm getting passionate. <laughs> but combat's given my life so much. My life is evident due to combat because mm-hmm. it's, it gave me my self-respect, discipline. And from where I was, I don't want to even tell the tale about where I was because I've, I've moved so far forward from that that, that, that my life's just just incredible because of combat. Yeah, and new, I, new I, partner I, now, new baby, yeah. like everything just seems to have... And and it's it's because of that relation to combat and that tenacity and the, and the spirit it's given me as a, as a person. It's given me evident quality about me. Yeah. And it's allowed me to just keep 
moving forward in life in the, in the most abundant ways and learning and meeting the right people and just uh, it's just good. I just wanna I wanna honour it by make by making this comeback and making a bit of history if McGregor doesn't do it first. Yeah. <laughs> you've uh, you've obviously been on a hell of a journey. Um does an element now look back and think, oh, I wish I knew when I was what I was when I, now I'm forty four, I wish I knew what when I was twenty four. Or do you think you had to go on this forty four year journey to become this person? Yeah, so that's how I would have used to think. Without them frustrating. I've been yeah. through all that. Oh, I, wish, all I the wish I knew this then. Yeah, been yeah, through all yeah. the frustrations and all the whys and what for. Yeah. But now I celebrate it. I celebrate every every setback. I, I, I love it. I love the fact that this is at all that's happened the way it's happened for for this potentially to happen again. Yeah. And if you know whatever doesn't happen, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah. you're happy. <laughs> I lost you anyway. Yeah. I'm just happy. <laughs> so the, the the whole let me come back to the whole nutrition thing because this is something that you know I've spoke with Liam Maxworthy about another son of this city that that's very much on the vegan kind of way of living and everything else. And listen, you've got a young baby. I've got a young baby. And what's your opinion on Milk and you know what milk do you have and what dairy do you have? Do you have any dairy? Are you hundred percent vegan now? How does that work? I was hundred percent vegan. Then the baby come along, I was eating basically the same stuff every day because I haven't I haven't done any research into into proper vegan nutrition. So I was I was falling falling shy a little bit in the in the in the energy levels and, and other areas. So I'm back on the fish, back on the butter. Wayne's going to be going mad, but there you go, Joe. <laughs> and, um, but no milk? No, no milk. Not even, not even like, because oh, I have, of, alm- I have almond milk, but... But milk's in cheese, isn't it? And milk's in yeah, butter. Yeah, yeah. So people are going, well, I mean, even my kids point out, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Get that, that dairy leaf slice out your mouth. So, um, do you know what? I was never going vegan to become... Uh, a vegan vigilante? No, I wasn't a vegan I know a few vegan. of them, like... They're like uh, ex-smokers, vegan mm, vigilantes, aren't they? They're so vocal about it. You yeah, think, oh, it's challenging that aspect of it. But you know what? I was doing it for me, and I'll if I want to do it again, I'll do it for me again. But um, at this moment in time, I'm not. But I see a lot of credibility in it. And Liam Axworthy, by the way, is the first person who put me on the road to health. And I should have mentioned that before because Liam was providing my nutritional supplements when I was an MMA fighter. That's right. I don't and know. he was he was giving me a lot of guidance to nutrition then. But again, it's all about going from 40 years of conditioning of eating potentially garbage which I, I believe I was mm-hmm. most of the time um, and then just relearning that and I, I, I make a sponge I'll just re- if it's something good I'll relearn quick yeah so um, so I've relearned a lot in the last four years <laughs> yeah <laughs> with, with, the, with the experience that you've got not only in competition but also as a, as a as a coach coming through now as well but also the nutrition aspect you know the stuff you've learned over the last 20, how many years you've been competing? 30, 30 years, years. 30 years of competition. 14 it was. It, 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 it's frightening to think how much knowledge you've got now, but that's the stuff you're talking about there, the nutrition, everything. Listen, you know, we, we talked earlier about Paddy the Baddy, but I guarantee Paddy the Baddy, like most kids, probably eats at Nando's three times a week and he eats McDonald's and eats everything else. But the knowledge that you've got, if you can try and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of working at the gym here at the moment. When you're at next gen, you need to say to Paddy, listen, don't don't be going for McDonald's for your lunch. Come and have a you know, come and have this with me. Come and have a bit of brown rice or whatever it may be. And well, I'm leading by example in my life. Yeah, in in all areas. So if if that if that happens the way it happens, then so be it. Because I'll impart my uh, knowledge on anyone if they want to listen. But um, as I said to you before, fighters are fit, but most of them aren't healthy. Yeah, and if you really really want to 
aspire to the top level, I think you've got to have every part of the package. I can't need Joshua. I'm, I reckon there's no stone left unturned with him. Yeah, 100%. I reckon, I reckon every aspect of his life is fine. Uh, yeah, like football players. So yeah. like my, my mate's two young kids are at um, Manchester City Elite Academy. Mm-hmm. No stone is left unturned. Yeah. And, they're, and, they're, and they're only 10 or 11. Yeah. I bet the they don't about, even choose what to eat. They're just told what to eat. There you go, eat just, that. Just ever, everything is laid out because it's, it's the best of everything to make you the best athlete possible. So... Where, where combat sports sometimes fall down is that, you know, rough and ready kids from the streets and a lot of partying going on in the background. There's a lot of lot of bad food going into the bodies and it does catch up with you. Yeah. And and it was catching up with me and I've I've revealed, that's what I'm saying, health. So I've got the evidence. It's evidence based. Evidence evidence based. And if you can if you can live it then you can speak about it. Yeah, hundred percent. Listen, before we sign off, where where does the Where's the, where's the end? Where's the journey end? You know, is it one fight? Is it two fights? Is it five fights? Is it the age of 50? Is it, you know, is there a magic number? Or are you just going to do it while you're still feeling like you're, you're loving it? You're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed sitting in front of me and I'm so jealous. Do you know what, Nick? I don't think that, I think we, we can get, we become conditioned to believe that there's a certain age for this and you can't do this at this, past this point. No, I'm, I'm, I've become quite, quite spiritually aware of myself. I've I've dug deep to to get a good understanding of who I am. So, yeah, I like I like being a good example. That's that's my that's my that's my um sort of focus in life. To my children first and foremost, and then to the clients who've got a lot of young kids who who are mentor and uh, I I do dare people to dream like I did. Yeah, because I think I think it's important that people should have dreams and. And aspirations for but, any potential clients out there as well, with, with for themselves or even for their kids who want to train with you. Is the way they can get hold of you? Is there is it an email address or a website? Facebook, Tony Banan Personal Training, or Instagram the same. I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a bit full at the minute. Yeah. I'm, uh, so I'm doing pretty well in the coaching. I'm enjoying yeah. it a lot. I am giving back as they say, but you know I'm I'm, I'm doing a job I love. As we as we alluded to earlier, I should have done it sooner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. again, it's all just got to happen when it happens. Well, listen, I can't wait. I can't wait for the next leg of the journey. I definitely want to get down to next gen now and, now and see you train with the lads and train with Paul. And I will certainly be cage side for the the comeback. Is this comeback number one? Was this about comeback number four now? Or? I've had um, I've only ever had one karate career. But, you know, people don't even make that as a career, but it was. Trust yeah. me, I was, I was a bad boy in the karate world. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Boxing twice and MMA twice. Brilliant. So boxing career, MMA career, boxing career, MMA career. Brilliant. I can't <laughs> wait. Well, listen, I'll be there. I was there for most of that previous journey. I'll be there for this final chapter Thank as well. Thank you very much. Really and uh, thanks for coming into the into the show. Uh, you're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. We've got more podcasts out this week. We've got tons of content on Mayweather McGregor. Please go online, have a look at our stuff, interact with us on social media. We are Fight Disciples at fightdisciples.com and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.